This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Bitter Units, a beer podcast hosted by the TailgateSociety.com. So this whole episode is probably going to be a little bit off the wall. JT is not here to start. He has no internet. Neil Stewart, our good friend from Deschutes, I thought was going to be here. He's also not here. But we do have a representative from Deschutes um, here. And so we're happy to do that. And we're going to talk about a specific beer. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Tim, how are you today? (laughs) Um, I'm doing good. It has been uh a long week uh finally back out of back working after a week and a half off with covid so uh, i'm very happy to have a night to have a couple of beers and talk some beer all right yeah well we're definitely going to talk beer because our guest this evening as i said from deschutes um veronica vega veronica to be honest with you i i've forgotten what your exact title is so why don't we start with what you do at deschutes yeah, it's, it's very official. It's very boring. I, if you would have heard it, you would, I mean, I would forget it too. It's director of product development, which at a brewery does not have the, you know, pizzazz is like terms like brewmaster, head brewer. That was my background. I was a production brewer for many years, was a head brewer at our Ben pub, um, was brewmaster for a couple of years and then went into a role that was just more involved in that middle ground between marketing and brewing, right? Like bringing it. So um, that's what I head up these days. I still work very closely with our pilot. We have a pilot system in Bend and we have a, a Portland brewery, this little pub up in uh, the Pearl. And then obviously our original Bend. Uh, um, we still do a lot of um, development beers there and getting in front of people. Um, so yeah, that's what I do every day. Well, that's interesting. So I, I on our last podcast that we released, we actually had a, a brewer from New Belgium on, and he talked about how the development lab people come up with the recipes and all that, and then throw them at him in order to produce it at large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that, am I gathering right that you're on the developmental side, you're going to do a small batch and then if it's good or whatever, and it's what you guys want, you move it on to the production brewers. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a different setup than what New Belgium has. I mean, another way sometimes, like I describe my role as internal sales. Like I am selling ideas to other people in the organization to say, "Hey, this is a good idea. We should make this beer." Um, and while we're doing that, like the brewers are just making the beers. Um, and so we're trying to gain traction on ideas by putting them on tap at the pubs, by getting them in the pilot, by getting some energy, you know, I'm kind of a full of energy (laughs) is hoping the foil, you know, like wraps up the ball so that we get a good, some good momentum on an idea. Um, and then I, I, I obviously work to sell it into, um, a lot of decision makers around the brewery. Um, while at the same time keeping in mind, like it has to scale at some point, you have to work. Um, yeah, we first start with dreaming little dreams and then um, start, you know, working on making them feasible. So we start with a lot of dreams and end up with one or two big launches per year. But overall, like 40 
you know, new, new beers to package each year. So that's about like the number of projects we juggle. Wow. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, um, so, you know, the, the size of breweries I've worked at in the, in the past and currently are, are significantly smaller, but there's always this tension between, uh, you know, the taproom management and the sales management and production as to what we want to do next, like what types of beers we want to do, what our focus is going to be, or literally just what the next beer is that we're going to try to put on. So it's, it's interesting to, uh, for me to see uh, an organization where that can be your job of, of figuring out kind of new product ideas and being able to get that buy off and, and uh, uh, shared throughout the organization. And I often wish that I had to do that rather than just, trying to argue and horse trade to get some beers made in the first place. Oh, do, Tim, do not get me wrong. There's arguing. <laughs> <laughs> there's debating. There's arguing. There's some like gathering of data. There's obviously some bringing people around the room and drinking and tasting some beers. There's, you know, hey, look, this is one of our top five sellers. Like this is, we have something here. There, yeah. Oh yeah. That's internal sales. There, there is some, uh, there's some jazz hands and there is some, uh, there is some arguing for sure. This was not the beer you're looking for. Just kind of like <laughs> yeah. Jedi wave that away. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, we went. Oh, JT's trying to get in here. Um, there he is. You guys got me. Sorry about the delay. Yeah. Hey, good to see you, JT. Good this Lord. is this is Veronica. You've missed the first few minutes here, but. Uh, Glad to see you made it. Glad to be here. Um, so now you'll be completely lost. Good luck figuring out what we've already talked about as we go on. That's my, my 39 years of life, so I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say, so it's not really gonna be any different than any other episode, Aaron. Nope, pretty much not. So <laughs> I mean, you look really comfortable. So just you know, just just lean back in that nice fluffy chair and it'll be great. <laughs> no, I, I I bumped my laptop, which apparently took the charger out then i got that going and then my internet just said you know what we're done for tonight so i'd run downstairs reset that and then my computer even though i let it run for an hour or so one update it's like we're gonna update now I'm like she thanks this is awesome so technology it's great yeah. so my computer is as big of a mess as my soccer team is so and and, and that's that's the man who produces our podcast ladies and that's gentlemen. right yep <laughs> the guy who does all of our technical stuff <laughs> is the one that always has the computer problems. Yep. And I so. have a and I have probably a nine or ten year old work laptop that was refurbished when I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, I'm so there's if actually I, a hamster went, on a wheel making mine go. <laughs> if I make some money off the Rams winning the Super Bowl, I might invest some money in a halfway decent laptop, but we'll see. So Okay. Well, all right, back to the pod. Yes. <laughs> Oh, hey, look at that. Veronica just had a drink. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking um, our Black Butte non-alcoholic uh, okay. porter. I can say that now, porter, yes. because it is a bad word on the label. TTB doesn't like it on the label, but apparently there's an explicit you know, rating on this, so I can say non-alcoholic porter and <laughs> just be totally fine with that. Um, but yes, uh, I am drinking that because I think that's what we're here to talk about. I mean, well, at least yeah, that's what I was told. <laughs> we, we are, and and you might find this amusing or shocking, and you might not. But 
I don't think any of us actually got that beer. No, I did. What? No, no, you no, did? no, no, no. No, so so we got we Someone got did. the we got the black we, butte dark. So I was going to dark. ask, is yeah. this yeah. because the TTB is saying you can't use porters or you guys are using dark instead? Um we actually so yeah, we are using black butte non-alcoholic now. Okay. Um so uh and and we have like a picture of a dark beer on the package as well to you know convey that it is a porter so i mean black view i'm not trying to brag here but it is like the best-selling porter in america we feel like we do have some name recognition it's really good thank you thank you but um you know there is a little bit of confidence and be able to being able to pull back the style altogether and just say lean on black view and say, okay, this is non-alcoholic Black Butte. We, we think you know what this is, um, as opposed to just to saying dark. Yeah, you got a probably a sample can when we were- um, well, That could be. This. So yeah, um, it was a little confusing. And I asked Neil about it and he's like, well, you were supposed to get this. And then we got the spec sheet for Black Butte non-alcoholic scent. So you, that spec sheet has the, is like the packaging that we're launching. Yeah. 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 Right. So you, and, that gives you like, okay, we've, we've, um, made some adjustments right we did some consumer research we learned some things that you might be interested in in hearing about but um that all those things made us uh change direction so yeah yeah okay well good i feel feel better about it because i wasn't i was confused the liquid though (laughs) is the same liquid we we got the right beer yeah you got the right perfect that's that's really what we care about (laughs) um but backing up a little bit um Let's talk about about you and and being at Deschutes. How long have you been with Deschutes? I've been there for about sixteen years. Um, yeah, just celebrated. Um, we did like our fifteen year uh, anniversaries from like, our COVID anniversaries a year late. So I just had that, but been there for sixteen years, which is crazy for me to think about. But. Yeah, I didn't know you could start working at a brewery at like twelve. Stop. No Stop. idea that, that was possible. <laughs> it's very, very kind. But yeah, I mean, I was all like in college. If you would have asked me in college, what do you think you're going to do? Being a brewer or working at a brewery was not even in my realm of possibility at that time. So yeah, it was a surprise to me too. No. <laughs> no. You know, that's that's not uncommon for most of our guests. Really, our last guest was probably the only one who literally started at the age of 19 uh, in the industry, but everyone else seems to have discovered it as a second or third career. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in biochem and this guy, Mike, who works at Sudwork. I don't know if he's still there, but he told me like as a lab partner, like, yeah, I'm I'm, going to be a brewer. And I'm like, cool. That sounds cool for you. You know? And then years later would run into him at like industry events and like, we're like, okay, here we are. I had no idea that this was going to happen, but uh, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. And as you said, Tim, like working in a brewery, there's people of all sorts of different backgrounds that end up here. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause we've had people that were, you know, were in cubicle hell as our yep. uh, friend Joel Cotner yep. likes to say um you know a lot of people that were in and good 
jobs, right? But they were just like sucking their will to live out of them. Yep. Um, yep. You know, much. so they ended up in this, and I don't think any of us are using the degrees that we went to college for. <laughs> so, you know, that's not it's not unusual. You don't you don't regard. use your, your gym teacher degree to sell chemicals. No, I don't have a, my PE teaching degree is not currently in action. No. <laughs> so. Neither is my ability to work out. If you'd seen me lately, it's also <laughs> also not in action. But you're wearing sweats. That's you know athletic. Th- no, that's just because he sweat walking downstairs to get him <laughs> yeah. in the bus. I was gonna say you put a you put a whistle around him. He could look like a PE coach. If you, yeah. Well, you're just be happy that you're not actually in the same room because this sweatshirt is probably twenty plus years old and has holes in it and stuff it's just the one i wear around the house all the time and my wife absolutely hates it so she'd be that's mad. why you keep it yeah it's 100 percent why i keep it but yep she would be mortified if i like wore it out in public and stuff for around other people um but uh well that's that's pretty cool i mean so you the shoots was your first brewing job or beer industry job oh yeah Totally. Um, I mean, everyone likes to tell the story as like in the Cinderella story where it's like, she started as a tour guide and now look at her, she's director of product development. And I'm like, that took 16 years. Okay. (laughs) It wasn't like, you know, a tour guide to, you know, uh, part of the senior management team overnight. It it did take some time. (laughs) Um, I did do some schooling in between there for brewing. Um, and, um, yeah, I pulled a lot of graveyard shifts, so, um, it, it, it wasn't, yeah, it, it, it took some time. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, learn to brew while at Deschutes. Like when you think of a lot of other pathways or like I was a home brewer and I was doing, you know, like small batches. I'm like, my first batch was 145 barrel batch mirror pond. <laughs> you know, like, um, it's a different way to learn. I kind of went backwards. I went big and then I like went to the pub and I bought a little home brew system to just kind of tinker. And then I started realizing that I really like tinkering and that's where the R and D thing, um, came about. And, um, so yeah, that's my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah i i wish i could go keep going larger but i keep on going smaller as well with less and less innovation or, or automation i guess on brew yeah. houses, and my body can't take that any longer so <laughs> yeah uh, uh it's definitely something where i i get why there's more younger and younger brewers and i'm happy they are there are so that they can do things with you know milling in and things like that so i don't have to deal with that anymore um, but that's not how it's actually working out. Um, but it, it must be kind of an, you know, quite an adjustment to go from that big down to brewing just for the brew pub. I mean, how, what size is the system that, that services the brew pub then? Um, it's a 12 barrel, but yeah, I mean, most of our bachelors were 10. Um, but you know, even for a pub, it was quite a nice pub. Like I just did, um, I just did a collaboration with my buddy Reagan long who um owns local brewing in san francisco and her system is like all like manual like mash you know we're stirring the mash we're graining out by hand and like the next next day i call her and i'm like i'm embarrassed to tell you that i'm totally sore like on one side (laughs) of my body like 
super sore and it's super embarrassing. But like the Ben Pub, you know, there's rakes. Um, there's like, you know, a scale on the on the on the hopper of the the grain hopper. There's like nice things for sure. a, for a pub. I would say there are some nice things. You have to huck some grain up up some stairs here and there, but uh, overall, um, I'd say it's a pretty nice system. He's also been, or I say he like um, the brewer Robin has also been just making adjustments overall in hops. Like I think that one of the things when I was down there is we used to shovel whole flower hops out of the hop back. And so, you know, there'd be the, the moving the grain up the stairs, the grain out buckets, and then shoveling the hop back. And those were like the big physical things that every time you brewed, you had to do that. And so now he's, he's moving towards lots of other products besides whole flower hops. So that's been nice. Yeah. I, I think I would be trying to find as many extracts and cryo hops and yeah. anything that I could if I had to shovel that out all the time. I have the shovel. Like when that <laughs> shovel cracked, I now have that shovel like in my office just because I'm like, I don't know how many brews I've shoveled hops out with that shovel. So it, it remains a relic in my office. Some whippersnapper that hasn't been there as long as you comes in and there's like, hey, look at the, I got the receipts. Back in there. my day, <laughs> I used to shovel <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got the receipts. Look at that shovel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead then, and let's let's get into talking about this beer because I know Tim well enough to know that he's excited about talking about this and is going to nerd out. So I want to give him plenty of time to do that before we actually <laughs> even get to to trying the beer and tasting it and doing all that stuff. So um, at this point, I'm gonna fade off into the distance and uh, <laughs> let Tim kind of, kind of run wild. Um, that's, that's dangerous. Um, <laughs> I know he's going to be like, how, why? Like <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I don't know that I'm going to get into that. I think my first two questions are probably how and why. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm really, really excited about uh, an NA beer. I have tried for some time i've worked on several na beer projects i've tasted um just about every na beer under the sun it seems like and you know two observations uh i would make is one uh we've come a long way in na beer yeah. particularly in craft uh but two um a lot of times it's still really frustrating uh, to have an NA beer because they might be great liquid, but they don't feel very beer like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what I, this is kind of getting into the, the why and how, but what, what prompted, I guess you guys to, to start to go down, uh, an NA route. Yeah. I've been kind of going down back into history because we're about to launch it. And so I'm getting prepared to tell, tell some stories around the brewery about like how this came to be. And so I realized that we kind of started this discussion, um, with, um, sustainable beverage technologies, our partner in, um, this whole endeavor back in like 2018, early 2018. And they actually came to us for an entirely different project. Um, and, but as like something that was just on the edge of like this, they're like, and you might be interested that this process also could create an NA beer. And so I tasted the beer and I was like, 
super shocked at the flavor that was coming out of this this technology. And so I would say that it was a flavor driven thing. Like I would have never in 2018, I would have never like thought, Hey, NA is something I want to like sell the brewery on. Right. Cause mm-hmm. again, going back to like my role selling ideas, I, I, until I tasted it, I was like, Whoa, this is like, this is actually pretty cool. I've never tasted any beer like this because I have been pregnant and I have been like in Mexico where everyone was drinking freaking Coronas and Pacificos. And like, after like, you know, several days of this, like, just be like, just get, I just need a beer. And so I've, I've had any beer to try to like be in that like zone with folks. And like, um, I, I see the purpose and why, and I know that they're, they're not that great to drink. Right. And so after tasting, um, yeah, some of their prototypes. I was pretty intrigued. I was like, Hey, actually what you first came to me about, I'm not interested in that, but I am interested in continuing this conversation with, with this, with NA. And so, um, we were able to do some pilot batches through them and then was able to kind of sell it in internally. And we decided pretty quickly that just because we have planted our flag on like our flagship beer is Blackbeet Porter. And just looking at the market, there's always been a ton of loggers. Um, gosh, at the time, Athletic was barely kind of bubbling up and we were seeing that they were coming up with IPAs, that sort of thing. But we thought there's definitely not a good, like dark beer on the market, right? And this is where I put my brewer hat on. I was like thinking about this earlier, like, you know that, I don't, there's probably a fancy name for this, but like, you know, the bias of success like when you choose a direction because you're like, I know I can do that. Like, sure. I know that's accessible to me. So now in hindsight, I think about like the choice I made of like, okay, it's, I want, we want to make a dark beer and it's NA. So what light dark beer style is out there that I feel like I could like grab onto from a recipe development standpoint, like Tim, like you're a brewer, like, what mm-hmm. would you think of the lightest style dark beer? The lightest style dark beer. I mean, I I think I would want to do um, dark beer. So subjective. I you know, I know what I've had uh, success with on NA beers in the past, and what I haven't. But it, to me, it would still be something like like. Um, uh, Answer the question. Vienna too. Lager or something like yeah. that. You okay. know what I mean? Okay, so I went with. <laughs> Irish stout because they're 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 like you know style wise they're like they can be three to four percent they're already Mm -hmm. low ABV they're already like if you think of a Guinness it's pretty light bodied so like that like success bias kind of kicked in and I'm like okay if I'm gonna make a dark beer I'm gonna make I'm gonna start with an Irish style stout so that's what we've started piloting with them just kind of like as a proof of concept um, and so after a couple of rounds of that, just to like get people rallied behind, like, yeah, this is a malt forward dark beer and it's the best in a dark beer that we ever had. So once we like had a couple of iterations of that, then people were like, all right, well, if you can make this, can you make quarter? So it's like, I didn't, luckily I didn't have to jump into like make, trying to make a NA version of our, of our flagship right away. I kind of like, you know, scaffolded it up to it with a Irish style and learn along with them. Cause uh, um, yeah, I mean, they've been a partner from, from the get go and like their ability to like 
pilot versions that are very small batch. Like when you think of the technology and the capital investment that goes into producing an NA beer, unless you're doing something like you're using a unique yeast strain or you're doing like arrested fermentation, which I don't think have come up with the greatest tasting beers. I, I will completely agree with that. There's there's one here locally that I'm not going to name that I always just say just tastes like unfermented wort. Yeah. So I, you know, people are like, you could do this. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't have that like mentally satisfying experience of like, no, this is a beer. If I wanted to drink malt tea. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but um basically the why is it was flavor. It was a flavor discovery first. Um, and then once we started like looking around at what else was available, because of course people ask like, all right, well, you found this certain technology, but what about this? And what about this? So when we started to explore all those others, they were either incredibly costly to even like bring in equipment and say, okay, yeah, you can test this equipment for three weeks for $200,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then like, so yeah, um, I guess it all goes back to flavor to me in, in, in why we went in this direction. And, uh, and now we have a, a version of Blackfeet that's non-alcoholic. So I, I have a quick question. Um, I told you I was going to stay out of the way, but here I am. Um, <laughs> so and we talked about it, Blackfeet the best American porter, arguably. I, I, I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, was it pretty scary even considering doing a, like even messing with it? I mean, even when you figured out, yes, we could do this, knowing the reputation and the potential, um, you know, downfalls of, of a project like this, how do you go about getting people within in the brewery, which is your job, on board with something this, I don't know if risky is the right word, but yeah, but out there kind of maybe. Adventurous. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. I mean, it's been a, of all the beers that I've worked on developing, this has been quite the roller coaster starting in 2018, <laughs> like again. Um, and so like, you guys, we're going to launch this thing. Like it just came to our warehouse in the packaging that you saw, like, you know, Thursday, you know, like we're going to get together and hug and probably cry a couple of us, <laughs> you know, that this is actually happening. Like that, that's where this is the precipice, you know, like it's, it, we're right there. Um, and it's really exciting because shit could have gone sideways in so many different ways. And shit did go sideways. Like, like it was not perfect. Like, how can it be? Like we worked with a partner, we onboarded a contract brewery, we're using technology that we've never used before. So there's like a lot of learnings. We're making beer that doesn't have alcohol in it, which turns out can freeze <laughs> sometimes. So yeah, I mean, we've like had some like bumps along the way. There always is when you turn out a new product, but like this one, you know, with the number of years and a freaking pandemic in the middle of it and like doing it across a couple of facilities like um it's you're just hitting you yeah you're hitting me at a point where i'm like wow i can't believe we did this <laughs> i can't believe we're here 
Um, yeah, if you talked to me maybe like three weeks ago, I'm like, yeah, still feel, still biting my nails. <laughs> well, to, to Aaron's point, I, I really appreciated his question because, you know, you see other uh, breweries who can take uh, a very popular brand and make kind of a brand ex- a extension of that, right? It, there's not just one version of that beer, but there's, you know, a different hop version of that beer. Are they even some try to take an IP, you know, a, a, what one style of beer and relabel that name on a different style. And it starts to get the brand extension start to get a little bit murky. Um, but with this, it's almost kind of the opposite of a brand extension. It's taking an existing brand that people know and love and giving them that same experience without that same experience, right? Um, yeah. Uh, because if you're going to put Black Butte on the can, and I'm a Black Butte fan, I'm going to expect that to taste like Black Butte. Yeah. Uh, right? Oh, yeah. And so that that is um, just an unbelievable risk to take. So when you're selling something like that to everyone else, um, yeah, certainly you had to kind of figure out like why, why NA, why we should go into NA at all, but then also why we should take a risk on our big brand to kind of give it, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, diet Coke doesn't taste like regular Coke and people got used to it, but you want that experience to taste as most similar as possible. Yeah. So, so when, when you're, when you're pitching this, this idea, what, what, what are you doing to say, okay, yeah, I know, I know what this sounds like, but hear me out. Yeah. I mean, there, um, I can't, I can't take credit for pitching the idea of Blackview. I told you that I did the success bias and chose an Irish stout. Like the brewer in me was like, I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. Once we did this, it was our founder who like started to shoot on Blackview as like the point of difference that he was going to bring to the market in 1988. He's like, why don't we do this with Blackview? And at that point I had even built confidence with the process and like, you know, then I was like, he was convincing me, like, (laughs) why wouldn't we do this with Blackview? And, and, And like I said, if that would have been my assignment you know, right off the bat, it would have been, I I probably would have pooped my pants, but like (laughs) I I built like a little confidence in the, in the Irish stout first. And I, and then like, I, I knew even with that recipe, like you could pull a couple of levers, like with Black Butte, the chocolate has got to be there. Mm -hmm. That's like the main point of like Black Butte. Like it has to be chocolatey. It has to have this like kind of silky sweetness in there. Um, it has to be satisfyingly like malty and it can't be like warty at all. Like mm-hmm. it just has to be that like Neil likes to use the word mentally satisfying. <laughs> and, and so I'll steal that from Neil, you know, I'll, I'll channel him and, and he's not here. So I'll channel him and say the mentally satisfying chocolatey porter. So but, yeah. Yeah. No, I like the idea of, of going in and a on, uh, a porter. Um, it seems like the projects I've worked in the past, the the clients that I was consulting for, you know, everyone has been chasing either, you know, an answer to, you know, a Heineken zero or whatever, like a, a light, easy drinking something, or they've been really wanting to come up with um, an NA IPA. And 
and so I spent so much time with that. And I had actually found the most success doing an NA stout. And oh, no cool. One, yeah, I, I, but no one seemed to want to do that. So it's nice mm-hmm. that you guys already have that brand equity. Yeah. To say, hey, here's this, this beer in this style that you already know and love from us. Right? It makes sense for yeah, us, right? Yeah, like, it's not like you're not doing like cartwheels to like get to a certain place in the mind of a consumer. They're like, yeah, we, yeah, it makes sense. You would do that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, of course there's handwriting, but you know, like to that question of you and the IPA, I would never, this, I, I would say, I would, I would argue my head off against doing like an NA version of fresh squeeze or an NA version of whatever, like IPA drinkers want new anyways. So why not just like, if it's going to be an NA IPA, it's got to be a new brand. It's got to have like, then you start getting into the nuances. Well, what makes it IPA versus pale ale? We're just talking about hoppy beer, you know, like when you don't have alcohol in there to like get you from a pale ale to an IPA, Mm -hmm. like what else do you freaking have? So it's like, yeah, I would just, and that's what, that's my plan, I guess, is, uh, for, for the next beer, which, you know, you're hearing here is going to be an IPA. <laughs> Excellent. Sweet. We always get a little bit of breaking news from breaking news sounder. That would be breaking news. Yeah. I'll, well, great. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to see what that looks like too. I, the challenge, so a lot of what my experience is, was there's a, a technology uh, company here in uh, Minnesota where um, you produce a beer uh, and then you get two outputs. You get hard seltzer and you get NA beer. And the challenge was... Um, most beers you put through there, the NA just tastes like cooked beer. Uh, if you go really light, then it's pretty one-dimensional. And if you do anything with any uh, hot side hops, it just tastes absolutely disgusting. And then my ability to do that on a pilot system was almost non-existent because of the level of of kind of pre-filtration that needed to happen. And then to try to add that all on the back end was a struggle. Uh, the thing that I, I loved about putting through uh, a stout, I felt like it, I got the most kind of similar characteristics on the other end. Now, the, the seltzer byproduct from a stout was not great seltzer byproduct. Oh, I bet. <laughs> um, that, was, that was unfortunate, but um, it did seem like, I don't know, there's just something about some of the characteristics when you're using, you know, um, uh, a, a darker kilns malts that you can that uh lends itself really well i think to 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 creating things perceptually that you otherwise rely on alcohol to provide in in a beer yeah yeah it it gets you there like even when you think of like heineken too and like some of those like becks or whatever like that are they're na beers in a green bottle but they're light struck so that's like a beer character. That's a beer flavor you don't find in anything else. And so it gets you there, right? Yeah. You're like, I'm drinking a beer because there's a skunky note here. Like in other in other styles, like even IPA, I know that's going to be a challenge for us. It's, it's a challenge for anyone making any IPA is how do you get 
that beer like experience. Although I will say the hop industry is definitely moving in a lot of like, there's a lot of innovation in terms of oils and extracts and all this stuff that will benefit, I think, NA IPA brewing for sure. Um, because using just the, you know, the older traditional materials of just um, whole flour or pellet or whatever, that, that becomes challenging in, in NA brewing. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be very excited to, to, to see what, what you guys come up with. And I'm quite certain I'm going to uh, be cursing your guys's name for <laughs> cracking. Is, it, not. is there a certain threshold for non-alcoholic? Does it have to be 0% or is there a little bit over 0% where it's still considered NA or what is, what are the rules for NA beers per se? Yeah. So it has to be below 0.5 to be okay. non-alcoholic. So z- like if you 0.0, if you have that on a package and there was some heat out there recently on this, if you have 0.0 in your package, then you do have to be 0.0. Okay. Um, they're using a different technology um, to, to get there, but legally, you, you know, there's actually that amount of alcohol in like a ripe banana or like kombuchas that you can find. Gotcha, so even, okay. Yeah. I was just always curious because I always see non-alcoholic, but I'm like, can we really zero and still, but okay, that makes sense. So yeah, um, in other in other areas in beer, we're regulated above or below by 0.3, but this has a hard, like hard 0.5. <laughs> no, no range. <laughs> I'm really impressed with that question, JT. Good job. <laughs> my job here is done i'll see you guys later oh. <laughs> i mean he showed up late but he really brought it with that <laughs> super proud of you um i'm i'm a big fan of the na porter idea um and stout idea because i like to drink porters and stouts before noon don't tell my wife um but i'm your re- employer um yeah <laughs> during the week it's not like i post it on twitter when i do it um <laughs> So I'm, I'm excited about that. And so having said that, we need to drink this beer. But what, what yes. we do typically here is we're going to take a little break because we got to plug in some commercials and whatnot. And then we also have to go get glassware and the beer out of the fridge and everything else. Um, but before we go, I want you to think about the question that we ask all of our guests. Um, and you can answer this when we get back. And that question is, if you were stranded on a desert island. Oh, here we go. Here we <laughs> go. Yeah, here we go. What what three to five beers would you need to have oh. with you? And we're, you're going to get a few minutes here and break to think about it. Why? Because Why? we like to put people on the spot. <laughs> yes. At least once while we're here. I mean, we're really nice the rest of the time, but we like to make it difficult for people. Um, while she's thinking about that, I also want to remind everybody to go to the tailgatesociety.com. Check out all the great writing that's going on there. There's a little bit of everything for whatever you might be looking for. Um, There's also some really great podcasts with sports and corks and old man strength. And um, I think drunk dialing is going to make a return here pretty soon. Um, There's a lot of different podcasts that you can find at the tailgate society. You can find them all together at the the stream for the tailgate society. If you just look up tailgate society, you can find it. Um, you can find us there and also on our own stream. Um, so if you look up Bitter Units, you'll find us on all of your podcast uh, providers, Apple, Stitcher, the, the whole shebang. You can also find us at bitterunits.com. 
Um, so with that, we will be right back with the beer that we've been talking about. Black Butte. <laughs> non-alcoholic. N-A, non-alcoholic. <laughs> I, it's hard for me to say that, but I'm excited about this. <laughs> so, we'll be right back. This podcast of the Tailgate Society is sponsored by Rivelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. So they opened Revelton Distillery, where they offer a family of products including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the Tasting Room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery store. Welcome back. I've been cursed during the break about the question, um, but that doesn't mean she's getting away from it. So we're, we're back and Veronica, you've had, had a few minutes. Remember that the island is perfect. The beer is always perfect. No issues with any of that kind of stuff. So three to five beers that you got to have with you. I mean, at least you gave me three to five. And you also, I asked if the island had seasons. You said it's my island. Seasons are good. I'm a very seasonal drinker. Like I, I, I moved to my different styles like across the year. And you've given me like a maximum of five. I think I can do this. Um, but for the record, I'm going to say it for everyone else to hear. I fucking hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> people always like to ask brewers this question you're like you, you don't know what, what it's like to be a brewer we're obsessed about all beer styles we oh. want perfection in all beer styles tim brought up a vienna lager a beautiful perfect vienna lager is there anything better but if it's shitty no you don't want to be stuck on an island with it no right. <laughs> like an everyday vienna lager no like you that, want variety that's part of why we ask the question because we do have a lot of brewers on and, yeah. and it's amazing how often we get the same answers. I mean, we've had multiple yeah. repeat answers of people saying this is a great beer and this. And so for us, for, for the idiots of the world, like myself, um, Matt drink self-deprecation. <laughs> you heard the last <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, it, it's a good sort of guide to know what the, the real pros like to drink. And it's, yeah. so that's, kind of the idea behind the question but i, I understand where you're coming from you understand my hatred yeah yes. yeah yeah okay and the fact that she's um, never coming back because <laughs> <it's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay i will start with um uh i mean just the like i'm a modello drinker if you ask me what my lager is that's my lager in in you know um that's my coldie if you open my fridge. So it started with Tecate. That was what my, my parents' fridge was Tecate, but over the years I have evolved that to Modelo. So that would probably be there. And I do put lime in it, all right? I do. Wow, wow. <laughs> so lay off. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it with lime. Um, this, is, this is a no judgment zone. <laughs> See, I'm already feeling aggressive because it's because of the question. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, I love saisons also, and so I would have a tank seven there. Oh, good. I oh, would yeah, have a yeah. tank yeah. seven. Yep, yep. Good answer. We, we've tasted that on this pod. 
Uh, and I think universally we all really enjoyed that. So yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I, we talked about seasonal beers and, um, you know, people also ask me what my favorite Deschutes beer is. And I, my favorite Deschutes beer is Jubilee on nitro because it's my island and that yeah, I could I have it. beer on nitro. <laughs> 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 so that would be my desert island beer. And I also in the fall really get into the black IPAs. Like I, that's like, I just, my heart opens up for them. Um, so I would have a Wookiee Jack, a Firestone Wookiee Jack in there wow. as well. Um, and I would need a, an IPA um, because I've, I've had periods of time, like, you know, if you go traveling or whatever to a place like that, just, you know, there, there might be, it's all lagers, you know, and, and like, I, I feel myself yearning for an IPA after a certain time without one. So I think my IPA would be mountain time. Wow. Odell mountain time. I it's, really like this list. Oh, do you? Yay. Yeah, I've impressed you. Okay. It's totally different than everything we've had, which is great. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we we hear a lot of, for lager, we hear a lot of Miller High Life and uh, Saison DuPont. Some Coors okay. Banquets, DuPont yeah. and the Saison World. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Alyash White comes up a lot. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. I mean, shout uh, out to, yeah, shout out to Alyash. They can do no wrong. I mean, it's it's up there. But if I had to choose, like, yeah, white versus saison. I would still. I think I would still choose take seven. I would agree with you personally. Yeah, I'd rather have the saison. Yeah. So that wasn't so bad, was it? I mean, my island sounds fun, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. There's nitro beer there. I was gonna. I was gonna yeah. say. I don't know what island you're getting the Guinness mix tank uh, <laughs> on a slow boat to you, but that hey, more power to you. No, I I would love that. Uh, it seems like anymore getting a, a nitro beer sold is a is a challenge. Uh, yeah. So I I miss them. I I want to put more beers on nitro. I want to get back and uh, putting a, a light English pub ale on nitro. Oh, I know, like a I know, like a Boddington's. <laughs> oh man, I there there was a bar in my neighborhood that used to serve Boddington's on nitro that I would go to and drink one of those every single day and it is no longer around and every once in a while I walk by the, the former place and I think I shed like a single tear I know I mean that's <laughs> that's the sad thing it's like if we don't go out and buy these beers <laughs> we're always looking for you know yeah well, the, that, the new whatever that was that they was ironically away. that was ironically a beer uh I got to to carry Black Butte year-round because I said that I would still be drinking a porter in the middle of summer. So. Yeah, nice. <laughs> At noon, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Excellent. Well, you know, I kind of want to jump into doing this tasting list. Aaron, did you have any other? Nope. I just cracked mine open because that's where I was going to. All right. So, uh, Veronica, the way we do this is we just kind of go through the classic. We like the to pour it, do uh, appearance, aroma, uh, taste, mouth, feel, finish. But we do taste, mouth, feel, finish all kind of one lumping together. We're not too snobby about it. But I do kind of have people, I'm going to have Aaron and JT kind of tell me what they're, they're seeing and experiencing and, and um, whatever you want to chime in with, please do. 
Sounds good. I've got this thing poured. It looks like Aaron, you were wafting it up to your nose and taking a look at it. Mm. Uh, Why don't we go and start with appearance though? Uh, JT, what are you seeing there? It is dark. It is definitely a stout or a porter. You can't see through it at all. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's definitely a porter right there. Very, very dark. I don't see anything besides black. Maybe some reds. No, I just see black, so. Yeah, with, with just the right angle on it, I can get a little bit of a really dark ruby around the bottom of the glass. Um, but it is, it is very dark. Um, I got a nice uh, head on it when I poured yep. it. I poured it pretty aggressively. Um, but I got a nice, a nice head out of that. Um, and it, I mean, you tell me it's a black boot and you hand me this and I'm going to not disagree at this point. Cause it looks like black butte would look. So I think that was the goal probably. <laughs> yeah. The head didn't stay around for a while, but I still got a nice little lacing around the edges. So, and I poured mine pretty aggressively too. Yeah, yeah, so so far, I think it has met their cri- the criteria you were probably looking for when you were making this beer. Oh yeah, I mean with a porter, you you need to have that nice, you know, um, kind of ivory um, head on the top for sure. Yep, it yeah, tells I- you you're you're drinking a beer, not a flat coat, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's I've got a little bit more of a of a lingering tan head, which is nice. So uh, exactly what I want to see for sure. Um, all right, uh, Aaron, what are you what are you getting aroma wise when you stick your nose in there? So I definitely get the maltiness, um, a, cho- a bit of a chocolatey thing. I maybe a, a little bit of a coffee ish to it in places um to me but it definitely smells chocolatey and it smells like a porter and it's it's all again so far perfectly correct i mean i would not know this was an na beer to this point yay (laughs) yay (laughs) this is like i'm like i should pull the popcorn uh (laughs) you know like a bowl just because like yeah, this is my baby. So I'm like, oh, what do they think? I'm like, that's what I figured. That's why you're being super quiet. Because I mean, I like, we are we are me. drinking this before it is really on the market. Yeah. So yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, look at us. We are we are. <laughs> we're trendsetters. Is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> we are pulling back the curtain for people here, we- which is super dangerous. Because if you've listened to our podcast, some of my opinions are shit. But, some <laughs> yeah. all right yeah. if you listen to any of them most yeah of them. can uh, i say i can actually get a little bit of smell i almost get a graham cracker am i wrong in that no yeah there's even in porter caramel <laughs> is something that i'm sorry i'm jumping in no you're not wrong no it's great i was laughing at tim's face <laughs> tim was like holy shit yeah <laughs> sorry jt perpetually has like a cold and allergies and whatever I think he's had COVID since 1997. He can't Correct. smell things that often. And so when he pulls something out, especially something as more delicate and subtle in there, but really spot on, I get really geeked. How, <laughs> how, how, like, I just feel very proud. So sorry to interrupt. So <laughs> JT. Yeah, but it's a nice, 
yeah like i said malty sweet chocolatey aroma it's really really pleasant awesome yep i mean i i agree jt's like comment on outside of some chocolate and roast i mean we use breeze dark chocolate in here i mean the, the thing i will say recipe wise i can't share all secrets but i will definitely share this one it is the exact same malt as blackview so there's nice. some breeze specialty dark chocolate malt in there there's some caramel malt in there there's some wheat um to you know create that kind of malty sweetness um so yeah that that that's really I love being able to say that that um there are different levers that we pulled in the recipe but from from the malt and hops it is the exact same malt and hops as black Butte. wow that that uh that blows me away honestly um because it, it's what I've seen is that you almost have to make an adjustment because mm -hmm. of the process right the process to to make that any beer you almost have to make an adjustment to mimic some of those flavors so to be able to to use the same the same malt is fantastic and it definitely to Aaron's point if you handed this to me and did not tell me this was a non-alcoholic black view you just told me it was black view i would absolutely believe you it is it's yeah. it's spot on appearance spot on uh, aroma Aaron mentioned, you know, maybe a hint of coffee. And to me, it's more kind of like that fruity, stone fruity type of coffee that you sometimes get, like a little bit more kind of cherry-ish type of, of fruity yeah, coffee. Yeah, like the right? berry coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, that 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 breeze chocolate definitely is is popping pretty strong on there. I, I think that's great. Yeah, breeze makes some amazing specialty malts. We've always... Um, loved using them for, I mean, they're in Jubal, they're in Blackview, our stout. Um, so yeah, retain, we're able to retain that. Um, so, so happy that you're, you're, you're digging it. Good. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and actually taste this thing. JT, I'll start with you. Uh, taste, mouthfeel, and finish. There's no way in hell this is a non-alcoholic beer. Um, it tastes a lot like Black Butte. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> like, honestly, I... You guys, I didn't pay these guys to say this, all right? <laughs> Disclosure. <It's> like... <laughs> no, like, if you gave this to me, I would have no idea there is no alcohol in this. Like, this tastes, as Aaron says, this tastes like beer. This tastes amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have some more here. The, the the one thing that I I feel like is maybe just a little different is that it feels and I uh, I may have to explain this and maybe you'll get it it feels thinner mm -hmm. the it's body not, yeah lighter yeah, it's body not, yep. not as heavy body um, it's definitely a clean it's a nice clean finish I mean it, it tastes great um, but I, I as a novice i think if you put the two in front of me it wouldn't be until i tasted them for sure and said this is different yeah but just ever so subtly different you know it's not a huge magnitude difference it's but it is but it is different but not it wouldn't be it's not off-putting it's not anything that i would be concerned about yeah yeah i mean i i think you know the airness said that i think there is probably just a uh, a touch less body like 
the first thing I thought when I when I drank this was because we were just talking about nitro, how much I would actually love this beer on nitro. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, you're not the first to say this, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I think it would be great like that. But yeah, no, like what what JT said, um, you know, even even given maybe a slight difference in 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 body and mouthfeel, it still does not come across what I had said, you know, earlier in the, in the pot about a non-alcoholic beer still tasting like a good flavored liquid, but not beer. This is very noticeable. Aaron's favorite line in our podcast is tastes like beer. Uh, <laughs> so right. I, Aaron, I'm kind of surprised. That's not how you describe it. Well, well, JT kind of said it. So I, I didn't, but it definitely tastes like beer. It does. Um, it's, really good um i do really like it um again it still gives you that kind of effervescence on the tongue um that that you would expect um you know it's it finishes sort of dry um Mm -hmm. you know so i mean it's it's everything you would expect um if you have drank black butte and if you haven't shut off the fucking pod and go buy one yeah no kidding um, yeah because black butte itself is fantastic um and again on a and this might even be because it's that little bit thinner um a little bit less body uh for those people that think dark beers are not summer beers um i think or lunch could, beers yeah, or lunch beers. Yeah, this would be a, a breakfast beer for me. But yeah, this would be something where you they could drink this and not maybe feel like it's that heavy dark beer in the summer seasons. Um, and and understand that the fla- it's about you know the flavor and the it's really no different. Um, beer is good all year round as far as I'm concerned. But I think this might at least get people to consider drinking more of it in the summer Mm -hmm. because it is that that little bit lighter. uh, And Aaron, my like request to you is as like a, you know, dark beer drink day drinker is to like (laughs) drink this at lunch with fish and chips or something, you know? Oh, that would be great. And then like an hour later realize that you can still save the world. Like you have all your wits about you. <laughs> you know, it's just the fish and chips that are bogging you down. It's not oh, fish and chips I, I, and alcohol. I was, was going to say, I think I mean, you're overestimating Aaron I'm, quite I'm a bit. Pr- I'm pretty good with regular beer in the world too. But, yeah, yeah, usually his confidence to go save the world is actually heightened by regular beer. That's right. Up to a point, my brain starts to work better. Um, but, I don't know. I think there's like, it, I, when just bringing up, lunch beers like if you would have asked me before before 2018 like would you ever order a non-alcohol beer if you weren't pregnant right <laughs> like I told you about that story that there was there's a real reason I was doing that but like now I do like go to lunch with a supplier or something and order a freaking burger or fish and chips and have an NA sour or a porter and then I go back to work you know and then I have a regular strength beer at five so it's like it's not like an all or nothing thing anymore and I think that's kind of what the that's the fun of like where this is going is that asking you all to drink 
a NA beer at seven o'clock on a Saturday, that might be a big ask, but like I can, you know, to ask you to drink it, try it at lunch when you have shit to do in the afternoon, you'll think, see like where it fits. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I think I would, you know what I think I would like to drink this with you bring up pairings and stuff. I think I would like to have it with a Reuben. Ooh, Ooh there you go. Yes. Yes. That is a, really a marbled rye Reuben. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I think I think that would be really quite nice, right? Oh, yes, corned beef. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that would be great. I you know you mentioned a little bit the role that NA beer has. I think when I've worked on it in the past, people try to oversell the potential of of the NA beer market. Right? You you talk about how it's the fastest growing, um, you know category in beer or whatever that it's growing so rapidly but it's also like oh if you sold one unit last year and you sold three units this year you tripled yeah <laughs> your you know your growth was huge but 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 it, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily it's this huge chunk of pie i think i think for some breweries the challenges is it's a lot it's it's more effort to get a product that you probably can't necessarily you're not always going to be able to sell at the same price point you're going to have a harder time selling kegs in uh, those types of things. And so for a lot of people, it's, it's, even if you can do this, is it, is, is the juice worth the squeeze on something like that? And I think maybe the, the part, you know, and then you also have the sober curious and the dry January and you have mm-hmm. all of that. Right. And I think sober of, October, no drink November. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, think you, I think you have all of these things that are maybe kind of getting at that, but I think it's not any one of those things. And I think the, the, point that you bring up that is very interesting to me that I don't think it's talked enough about is you don't just have to make a beer for people who are no longer drinking beer. Right. And I, th- yeah. I think that's what kind of gets missed is, Oh, we're, we're making it. And that's why I think so many NA beers uh, fucking suck right now is because there are people that are like, ah, they miss beer. And after a while, they're going to forget what beer tastes like. And this is close enough. Right. Whereas I think there's enough of us that want to still enjoy beer, but don't need to want to take a nap at three in the afternoon. Um, yep. I mean, I'm pro nap, but. Oh yeah. Oh no. There, I always want to take a nap. There are days yeah. where I shouldn't. For I'm sure. just, yeah, I'm just old and tired. That's entirely different, but I think that's, that's kind of a, a unique way to be able to do that. And for you guys to have, how many new beers did you guys launch last year? If you had to guess, uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, no, no, I don't have to guess. It was okay. 44 new products. Okay, 44 <laughs> hey, new you, products, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you know how, like, at Holy the end shit. of the year, everyone has, like, their best of list and their roundups or whatever. So yeah. I just I just had that calculation then. So I know we launched 44 new products. Now, was, was, was Squeezy Rider in this year? Yes. This past year? Yes. Squeezy Rider's great. It's a really love Squeezy beer. Rider. Yeah, it's yes. a really good beer. Um, but yeah, I couldn't remember if that was last year or this year that that came out. But but I, I will say that's a new. I, I said new product, so you you asked new beers. That's a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, new products means if we put a Squeezy Rider in a nineteen two, I'm counting that because sure. it has sure. to be designed. It has to like all the all the things, right? It has to be yeah um gosh new i will say i do have the number for i told you we have a pilot brewery and two pubs 
and our production brewery, we created about 75 new recipes, new beers last year. That's uh, insane. But I think that's also one thing that's awesome about, you know, doing something like an NA beer for you guys is that it's one more kind of tool in your tool belt. It's one more piece of your arsenal. It's not yeah. like you're trying to just be an NA brewery like some of these brands are trying to do. Yeah. It's not like you you need this beer to do really well, to do a lot of heavy lifting, to, to you know, replace, uh, you know, a, a lost brand somewhere else that you guys have that where you're able to make this, but um, give it all the love and the care and attention uh, that it needs to make a great product, which is just fantastic. And, and yeah, this, this is really, I think, just spot on for um, what we would just expect out of a Black Butte, so. Yeah, it's same. I'm like, we actually asked our customers who were buying those first iterations and about 80% of our customers that are buying our non-alcoholic beer buy full strength beer, mm-hmm. 80%. So it's like, at least for Deschutes, this is a customer that like is, is, is pairing it in at different times of their, you know, drinking occasions. Um, it, that might be different for other breweries, but at least for us, that's, that's who's drinking our beer is people who, who, who mix and match, <laughs> you know? You know, I think that's cool. I think, I think some brands that certainly get associated with, you know, more active lifestyles, this is something that really works well too. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, that's not me. <laughs> me neither. Yeah, Active for the more sed- the more sedentary amongst us. <laughs> That's right. I mean, but we haven't brought up even just like responsibility. You know, like you all are are have, I, I'm gathering longtime beer drinkers. I'm a longtime beer drinker, right? I've been in the industry for um, a decade and a half. So it's like you get to a point where, you know the amount of beer that you drink on a daily basis is, is, is just, I'll just say it's fucking unhealthy. So it's like, if you, if you can like still hang out with a brew crew, have a couple pints and then end it with an NA and drive home safe, you know, like, isn't that better for all of us? Oh, for sure. And you know where I think this could really play well. Hockey. For the fans in the stands, right? No, 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 yes, no, no. Because somebody's got to be the designated driver, right? Like yeah, that's that, that's what Uber is for. Oh, like if you were going to a Kraken game and you were the driver in a nice chilly hockey arena, <laughs> this would be a great beer to have. I'll agree with you there. They, so speaking of hockey, I'm still sad you guys don't have a Deschutes Discours beer yet. <laughs> yeah, we told that was that was JT's idea the last time Neil was here. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good one. I think it's a good one. Just market for actually market for hockey. Get on hockey. Hockey, yep. hockey fans, more important, hockey players like their water bottles, which is code for fucking beer. So, <laughs> which is usually Coors Light and it's whatever, but. Uh. So, <sighs> um, <laughs> no, so one other thing I wanted to ask about this though, because you had mentioned uh, some of the challenges, like it, it can freeze a lot easier than regular beer can. Uh, 
Oh, why you got to bring up that, Tim? Uh, well, because <laughs> I'm really curious because one of the challenges that I found was shelf stability, right? Without having yeah. that natural antiseptic yeah. of alcohol in there. Um, yep. It concerns me as people go down the, this road with, with any that they haven't really fully thought that through. So what did that process look for you guys to think about how to make this thing a, a shelf stable thing as well? Yep. That is definitely of a paramount concern for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, we um, flash pasteurize and clean room package. So that is how we um, uh, do that. So, I mean, the, there's a choice there of different pasteurization um, processes and um, where we, are moving in this direction just again from a flavor standpoint um, and um, and working towards ensuring we like all the food safety planning and HACCP and all the things that surround just not just like the process but like culturally like at a brewery you know like um, ensure that um, all those things are in place um, you know as we get this product off the ground for sure. Yeah, it, it it's something that that I don't know that. that well, I, even with regular beer, your average consumer, I don't think considers whether or not a beer is shelf stable or whatnot, and what what all goes into that. Um, but it, like the flip side to some of that is sometimes some of the steps taken for, um, for shelf stability might make something more like a long-term be, be more oxidatively stable and, and long-term shelf life, but they can have negative effects uh, flavor wise, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. You know, this certainly does not have that, that quote unquote cooked uh, taste that it seems like so often that that comes through. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, we'll be keeping an eye on all that and um you know, as we talk about IPAs, gosh, then you're getting in the realm of how hops evolve over time. Um, so that'll be an interesting journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. I mean, even with just our full strength beers, our malt pour beers, our porter stout, they have the longest shelf life of all of our products. So um, that's been on our side, at least with this product, um, this beer, bringing this beer to market. So yeah, the IPA will be its own unique challenge. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. We'll we'll have to uh, have you back on when. She's probably not coming back. We've already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you need if you need five new island beers, I'm out. (laughs) Oh no, no, you answered the question, so I wouldn't ask you a second time. That would be that would be uncalled for. I only asked Neil twice because he dodged it both times. Um, but um. Man, I'm really, really impressed with this beer. Um, I don't know that I've ever had an NA beer that I was like, that's a good beer. Um, Before this, um, this is good beer. Um, I don't have any problem calling it a beer. It is beer. It tastes like beer, looks like beer, feels like beer. It's fucking beer, people. You're going to eat it with a Reuben. That's right. I will. Um, Sauerkraut. Give me all the, yeah, it'll be good be quite quite wonderful jt um we've probably taken up enough of veronica's time do you have any uh questions you'd like to ask before we get out of here 
One, uh, is this going to be readily available across the country anytime soon, or what's going to be, be the release of it since we're getting in on it soon? Yeah, uh, as, as far as re relatively available, you can order it direct from us because it's non-alcoholic beer. So we could actually ship to most Sweet. states. That's fun. Um, but we are also launching it to um, some larger chains within our Deschutes footprint. So um, um, yeah, the best way to find it if you want it to go to your grocery store is just to go to our website and go to our beer finder and see if you can get it there. But um, if you're in the majority of states that we can ship to, that's the fun thing that you can um, also get it shipped direct to you. Yay. Sweet. Yay. <laughs> I hadn't considered that. That's I hadn't even thought about it. That's pretty cool. Weird. I know. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's I mean, like overall, like I, you know, just in case we have a distributor listening in, like, don't worry, guys. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go three tier. Most of it is going three tier. A very, very small percentage uh, <laughs> of the business will will be uh direct to you, but legally we can do that. So nice. Tim, what about you? Anything else? Uh, you I mean, didn't I... nerd out nearly as much as I thought you would. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to rein it in a little bit because I, this is something that I could probably go on for a lot longer because I, I have not had success like this in trying to make an NA beer. And I've. Like you could have just stopped at success. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Damn. <laughs> that, uh, Cold hearted. Jeez, wow. uh, I've been I've been nice the whole pod. I'm not even really drinking, so. <laughs> no, I I I get that. Uh, you hurt the ones you love the most, Aaron. I get it. Um, no, I like I I have a billion other questions, but I kind of wanted for the sake of brevity on this and keeping it uh, alone. I'll I'll probably uh, Veronica send you an email with a couple other things <laughs> if you don't mind. So. Get it. Excellent. I appreciate that. Oh, fantastic. Um, Veronica, anything else you want to plug? Anything you want to break news on again? Any Anything at all? Anybody you want to call out for being a jerk host and asking <laughs> stupid questions? I mean, it's take a minute, you know, do anything you want to do here for a second. Well, okay, you're giving you're giving me the you know the stage. I mean, yeah, I said 44 new products, so I should give you like at least an inkling of what I'm excited about there. Um, so if you go find our variety packs, we have a variety pack in cans called the Fresh Pack, one in bottles called the I Pack. We have new IPAs rotating into there that um, we are super pumped about, all coming from our pilot brewery. Um, Symphonic Chronic is one of my favorite IPAs that's coming out of that. Um, it does not have terpenes in it, but it is mosaic lead dank. So hmm. just the, you know, kissing cousin of cannabis for just, you know, uh, amplifying the flavor that comes naturally, the dank that comes naturally in hops. Um, got some, uh, Let's see, what else we have? We have some fruit beers coming out um, this summer. Katarina Guava Sour, if you're into that. It was one of my favorite beers and we're getting that out full footprint next year. So, um, I'll, you know, I won't take 
much more of your time, but those are the, probably the things that I'm most excited about. Wait, I didn't talk about King Crispy because I said Modelo is my lager, but that's because I didn't want to be like a nerd and have all my beers be Deschutes beers. But I will say that King Crispy, our traditional Pilsner that's um, coming out in six packs is all the brewer's favorite beer. It's, it's just amazing. So if you find that, Look for the toaster on a tricycle <laughs> in, in a white can. And oh. you can follow up with me, Tim, if you want more on that question too. Like why and how? I, I, no, I guess I, I definitely have questions <laughs> on that too. I, I've said multiple times in the pod, like the resurgence of, of Pilsner in the craft beer. It's um, happening. Beer music is, and I, I am here for it. I am 100% here for it. I was drinking a, a Pilsner uh, earlier in the pod. Like that's, that's where I want to be. That's my jam. So awesome. Brewery up the road for me makes great Pilsners. I love getting their stuff. So I'm happy to see more Pilsners as well. And people that I've been talking to recently, they're like, but we've been saying this for 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, but for reals this time. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> happening for reals this time. Yes, but... Craft Pilsner, it's gonna get yeah. craft loggers. <laughs> yes, but well, awesome. Um, I, I don't think I don't think we can thank you enough uh, for coming on the pod. It's been absolutely our pleasure that you've been here. Um, I don't think we ever need to have Neil back again. <laughs> Ooh. Um, you know. Sorry, because, Neil. Uh, I mean. It's fine. At first, I was like <laughs> feeling apologetic, like at the start, like, oh, sorry, you don't get Neil. You're stuck with me. Oh, um, we didn't feel no, stuck that, at all. No, no, that, no. Was, that was a clear upgrade. <laughs> yes. So, um, but no, it, it's been really fantastic. Um, fantastic beer. I know my opinion isn't uh, nearly as good as Tim's on beer, but it's a, a fantastic job. It's really, really good um super impressed and 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 surprised i mean i expected it to be good because of your deschutes right and, i mean you guys make good beer but i was skeptical for sure and this is really fantastic well i accept your skepticism and I, uh I, i'm glad we were able to deliver and thanks you guys so much for the invitation awesome. um, had a good thanks time. for the beer totally uh, um, and with that, we want to remind everybody to, again, check out the tailgatesociety.com, um, Revelton Distillery. Uh, you should hear the ad for that uh, probably in the middle of this podcast. Tim, you're going to be there in person soon yeah, um, at the yeah, distillery yeah. doing a live pod with, uh, with Chris on your other podcast, Old Man Strength. Um, they're in Iowa, going to go down from the... the twin cities and visit iowa again um yeah it, it'll be a little weird uh but excited to go down uh check it out i've only had stuff from revelton distillery that chris has has shared with me so i'm excited to go down to the tasting room and, and see get a little bit more of what they have to offer uh and you know see if i can't get the real kind of flight, Aaron, that you approve of. That's right. The the only flights I approve of are whiskey flights. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, so um, that's coming up. I think it's February 19th. Is that right? 18th, 19th? That, yeah, whatever that Saturday is, the 19th, I think. I... Yeah, well, that's what calendars are for, people. So if you want to go, it's that weekend. <laughs> um, but uh, again, check out all the stuff at the Tailgate Society. Again, Revelton's the title sponsor for the Tailgate Society. So um, we appreciate everybody checking them out. Um, all the podcasts, the writing, everything else. Thank you for, I don't, I'm just going to call this our two, second year anniversary show because um, we've been at two years. I, I don't know if it's Congrats. actually. Congrats. I don't know if it's actually right or not, um, but it works for me. Yeah, I make my makeup rules as I go on this pod, so uh, <laughs> might as well make up what day we started. So, uh, thanks again. We appreciate it, and hopefully, we will see you next time.